On today's episode, Dave interviews Aaron Krebs. Aaron is an alum of I.O. and has been on Grey's Anatomy, Damon Wayne's Underground, Campus Ladies, Jane the Virgin, and the YouTube series The Most Popular Girls in School, of which Dave is also a cast member. Aaron is a part owner of Westside Comedy Theater in Santa Monica and is a professional poker player. I'm Ian Foley, and this is ADD Comedy. Let's scoot it up. Uh, it's, we're taping that. So, oh, okay. no, that 100,000. You know, it's so interesting that you say that because I never think about that 100,000 mark. It's the What's the. Uh, there's something called. There's, I, and I forget what it is, but like the magic number is 76,000 or something what's like that? that. It's called the happy number. The, the uh, exponentially after 76,000, the dollar per happiness ratio is so minimal. But under 76,000, it's, it's a huge jump. So, like, somebody who makes. 50,000 versus somebody who makes 70,000 is an exponential, is like just a huge increase of happiness there. But after 76, it's like nobody, you can't be any happier. <laughs> You've just got everything paid for and you just, and again, this is a theory, but you can't be any happier. Like, I, I gotta, I got oh man, I would like to try that theory out. I would like to try that theory out. <laughs> I, you know, we, we all have friends, we have friends that are making. A million dollars. Sure. And they've got miserable problems just like everybody else who makes 40000 And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to, uh, I have a friends, a couple of friends that you know who they are, and they took 10 of us out. It was some, it was, it's a couple and it was one of their 50th birthday. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, she, she's, she's in TV and movies and blah, 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 blah. And so was he. And they took 10 of their friends out. They got 10 hotel rooms in Palm Springs. Okay. They bought us dinner. Yep. They bought us an ex- like a fucking lovely dinner. They bought us a another huge fucking dinner at an expensive casino where it's like you know, the, the one wow. room at the casino, private room, whatever yeah. you want from the menu, and then gave us each twenty five dollars in chips. And the next morning, bought us breakfast. They Amazing. are the most fucking gracious. That, that's the way to where you go. Yeah. What am I do with this money? Yeah, you can't take it with you. Yeah, I mean, but it's also. I have a friend who stays at this apartment, my apartment, when I'm gone. Right. Um, they have really no place to stay, so they stay here. I know that I can Airbnb this place, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to do that. Mm-hmm. I'm just not going to do that. So, so, right, just out of graciousness, you just let them stay here. And it's also a, yeah. it's a pay-it-forward thing because Katie and I, when I was married, we had a huge house, and we'd have people stay there. So when I would go out of town, I would stay at other people's houses, not because it's like I'm punching my, my card in. Sure. It's like... That's just how it works. Well, I'm just gonna come stay at your house. Fucking stay I think at my I live, house. I live around the corner, pretty much. But <laughs> why not stay at my house? Do you have a house? Yeah, we do have a house. It's much like this. It's divided into four units. Mm-hmm. Oh, you have a condo? No, it's. I mean, it's an old house. It's like an old red brick house, and the owners have like. Uh, oh, so, but you don't have a house. You're renting a house. I rent a house here. Right. I do own some houses out east. Mm-hmm. It's a long story. Um, but you are uh, so. Things that. Whenever somebody comes over, I always think, what's the one thing that I think about when I think about that person? What's the one thing I think about? So, Oh, I'm nervous. Mm, don't be nervous. Uh, it's always good. It's always good or I wouldn't have you over. Um, and for me, you, in a good way, this word comes in. It's such an awful <laughs> word. The word is metastasize. <laughs> And the word is metastasized because right. you do one thing, then you do another thing, then you do another thing, yeah. then you do another thing. You're doing your thing, being Aaron Krebs, and you're also doing the, the – are you, are you working at um, Westside? 
Uh, and part of the that ownership. You're part group. of the ownership yeah. of that. And then you do AK workshops. Mm -hmm. AK workshop studio. In right in Hollywood. Yep. And and now you're also a land baron. So like <laughs> all those things. And, yeah. and I look at that and I go, man, that's just somebody that keeps saying yes to things yes. and also says and there's a conversation I had with somebody where I go, oh, it's with um, John Kaplis, where you go, I could do that. Yeah. Yeah, why not? You know, it's, uh, I think it's one of those things of, it's almost ignorance. Like, I never knew I shouldn't do that. That's what it is. It's like blissful ignorance. And, you know, uh, I was listening to, I think it was the one with Todd Stashwick you were talking about, where it's like, people, no one told you no. Like, your family didn't say, no, don't do that. They were always very supportive. And I think that that, for me, that's always been it. No one's ever said like, no, you can't start this company or you can't go do that. It's like, oh, let me just, it's a Rubik's Cube. Let me just figure it out and do it. Right. Great. Great. I've done it. Now what's next? So well, it's like ignorance and ADD <laughs> and, and like a slight business, you know, uh, knowledge. And I put all those together and then that's, that's what I came out with. That's well, me. Isn't it the business knowledge is, I think what, what the business knowledge or the idea that the business knowledge, I think, is what throws a lot of people off. Oh, the fact I'm that people totally say, agree. I am not a business person. I don't right. know how to do it. And, right, and right, yet, right. at the same time, so you learn. Well, And it's more important than, and this is sad to say, I think it's more important to be business savvy in the, if we're talking about acting or entertainment, in the acting industry, than it is to be talented. And, and the hope is that everybody works on their craft and their talent so much. Mm -hmm that when they get the opportunity to be talented, they rise to the occasion, right? Mm -hmm. And that we have those love projects, that play or that piece that we're writing that we, you know, for our heart and soul that we put time into. But if you're talking about playing the, like playing the game of, of the entertainment industry, you have to be your own corporation. Like you have to own the responsibility of, of all of it. Like I was just talking to a friend about this and I'm going to write an article about it. Like, I'm so sick of hearing people saying, oh, my agent doesn't get me out. It's not your agent doesn't get you out. You don't get you out. That's it. That's the bottom line. Now, granted, there are some agents who probably sit around and have a roster and you know, fly off to New York for you know, half the week you know, all the time. But that still comes back to you. It's like you need to know, all right, they're not working for me. Let me find somebody who is working for me. Or, or, and or mm -hmm. they're not working for me. Um, I'm going to get work for me. Absolutely. And I'm also going to get an agent who's going to look at the work that I'm doing Absolutely. and be inspired by that. And you should have a rapport with your agent, you know, that allows you to have that conversation to say, hey, a friend of mine's working on this project. I know that they're going to be casting in a week. I'd really love to get in there. You know, would you mind making a call? Now, that, that comes down to self-worth. Of course, like, yeah. fucking self-worth. And I think that, that, man, Judy Carter was on. Uh, I interviewed her. And she didn't call it. She calls she, she doesn't consider herself an expert. Mm. And I think, and I said, you wrote the fucking book called The Comedy Bible. How right. you not be, it's like God saying, I'm not an expert on religion. Um, so she wrote The Comedy Bible. I'm thinking, you know, what does that mean that you're not an expert? Right. Does that mean, I get you it. not have, what do you mean you get I, it? I, I understand that. I understand what she's saying. Because you do. I'm, I'm not an expert. You I'm an expert, an expert of me. Well, okay, great. Right. But you're also, I, if I have a question about what you just told me, sure. you have that information. I do. And because you have that information, I'm going to call you an expert. Now, who becomes an expert? Right. Who, can say them, who can say to themselves that you're an, I'm an expert? I think the reason that you don't want to say that you're an expert is 10 deadly sins, humble, pride comes before the fall, all sure. that bullshit 
that fucking does not exist. Right, right. Except in our, in this bullshit culture, this Christian, Judeo-Christian culture. Mm -hmm. And I think that that holds people like artists like us mm -hmm. back. Agreed. Agreed, agreed. And I think that there becomes, there's a, there's a responsibility, right? When you say you're an expert, like you're clearly an expert at improv and probably many, many things. Uh, and then when you say that, then you have the responsibility of A, passing that knowledge on mm -hmm. and B, uh, owning up to the things that you're saying. You know, I would don't know that I would say it if I didn't feel it. Sure. And and so I don't think about those things mm -hmm. because it's not like, uh oh, he's going to ask me more questions about what it is that I'm doing. Right. And if you do ask me more questions about what it is that I'm doing and I don't know what the answer to those questions are, I'm going to say this. I don't know. Yeah. And I think that that doesn't make me that doesn't make that doesn't make me less of an expert. It just says, oh, I need to figure that out. Yeah. Or get the answer to that. Yeah. You run a school. I do. I and run, you run a school. Uh, you run that school. And in that school, you hire people mm -hmm. like your Eric Honeycuts, mm -hmm. who's fucking awesome. He's a genius. He's so I love fucking that guy. good. And you run that school and you have, you have Eric come by and you have these other people come mm -hmm. by. You know what an expert is. You are an expert of also amassing those people. I think that uh, I, I have an eye for talent. I think that that's great. You know, um, and watching people like your Eric's or. Um, you know, there's a handful of other folks that come through that I, I think are great. Um, having them come in and do that is just me, in my mind, saying like, okay, great. I know that this person's talented. I know that these people over here are looking for talented people. Let me put those together. Great. Now everybody's happy and we're all together. Right. You know? And it's a symbiotic relationship. Yeah. And it also, it's a symbiotic relationship. And in that symbiotic relationship, everybody is, again, using this word, they're metastasizing. <laughs> you know, I'm, 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 I'm cleaning that word off. Unless I'm <laughs> oh, what did you come away wrong. with in that interview? Well, I think he called me cancer, but I'm not <laughs> he's sure. He's I think he said I'm the cancer of the entertainment world. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh, that Dave Rosowski and his words. Ah, oh, his words. He's a poet. <laughs> um, uh, but in that way, it is that I'm connecting this person with that person and that person that I'm connecting that person with that person that is yeah. going to it's spread the maven, that right? out. It's a maven. Yeah. It's what, who called it? In, uh, was that Flow? Uh, no, it was in The Tipping Point. Yeah, The Tipping Point. The Tipping There's Point. There's like four to six different personality yeah, types. Yeah, the salesman, the maven, yeah. something like that. I didn't get through that. I, I've always felt that. I feel that I'm the maven. I, right. I love, uh, you have this necessity, you're looking for that in the world, and then I go over here and I meet these people and they offer that, but they're looking for that. Perfect. It's now two guys what, right together. So what drives that? Curiosity? Mm, no. I think it's keeping myself entertained, actually. But uh, what does that mean? Like, aren't you curious? Sure. I don't need to be right. right. I just want to go, what, what is the driving force? Because I think the moment that you go, okay, I'm curious, we're, I'm, I'm talking to people who maybe aren't curious. Right. I think the driving force, and, and I don't want to say this to be like, I hesitate to say this, but I think the driving force is honestly trying to do nice things for people and create kind of a goodness out there, mm -hmm. if I'm being honest. I think that that's where it comes from. It's like, uh, and maybe it's some sort of like deep-seated childhood, like <laughs> I want people to like me kind of sense. But I feel like when I do this for that person and put these people together, that there's, a, there's an energy that's created and a lot of it is like, oh, hey, thank you for doing that. The two of us love each other. Thank you for putting us together. And I think it's that uh, gratitude maybe is the word I'm looking for mm -hmm. that I really enjoy. And there's not a price tag on it necessarily. It's just... And you know, it's also gratitude. Some, it's, it's doing something nice in the world too. I mean, we got, you know, freaking people shooting up 
cartoonist and parents like you know you're cops killing people like the world's uh, it always has been but it's a tumultuous place and like for me the the little control i can offer over my own little world is just like let's do something nice for each other right now you right know? here right now yeah right why not yeah it's so easy to do something shitty and it, and right now it's easy it's easy to do something shitty it's easy to bitch about it i think right. that, that we're learning about i mean this thing that happened today mm -hmm. with the with the cartoonists and i just saw it before i came up the vitriol that's coming up um and usually, you know, I'll post something online. I'm very political, and I'll post something online. And and my friends, I will watch my friends open the door and look outside to see what I've posted. Yeah. And I'll watch them come up and comment on those things. Mm -hmm. And I'll think, oh, boy, he just said something that's going to rile up a bunch of fucking people. Yeah. You know, whatever friend I have out there. And for the most part, what they're saying is right. I may not agree with them wholly, yeah. but there's a point of, part of that where I go, yeah, this is... We're, we're, we're at this place where we can learn so much about the world that's going on. Yeah. So we have that ability now. We have that ability. Yeah. So when somebody says, my agent isn't getting me work, I want to go, what the fuck are you doing for Yeah. You? What trades did you read today? Right. What networking did you do? Mm -hmm. Because you know what? A thousand other people already did that. Right. And then you want to sit there and complain that your agent didn't do something for you. Right. Or how about get up on a fucking stage and do that show that you're going to do? Absolutely. Or how about this? I'm doing a show, say, I'm doing a show, and um, I want a bunch of people to come, and I think this is what holds people back. I'm doing a show, I want a bunch of people to come see the show, but you know what? Um, I don't want to toot my own horn and publicize mm -hmm, it or promote mm -hmm. it because people mm -hmm. will think, because people will think that I am, you know, uh, uh, well, what would even be the word? Uh, people would think that I'm, I'm big on myself. Or right, that, that, I'm, that I'm arrogant. That I'm arrogant, that's it. Yeah. Uh, I think that there is a level of all things. You're talking about like, oh, wait, let's promote a show. Oh, well, it was too hard. It was Wednesday at 8. Nobody came. Uh, I get it. Like, it's hard to do some things. It's hard to do a lot of things. But if you really want to move forward, then you – I mean, you don't have to. People can be perfectly content at hard. I hit the wall of hard and I'm done and I'll just sit here and I'm okay with that. Right. I'll wait for the opportunities to come to me, which ones do, and I'll take those. And then you can push through the world of hard and find out what's on the other side of that. Right. And isn't it also – it's hard. What is hard? It's hard. Um, no, it's, it's, no I, promoting is hard. Is it hard or is it... Because for me, if I have a project... This is one of the things I get excited about. I get to promote it. Mm -hmm. I get to fucking promote it. Right. I get to put a picture together and a graphic. And how do I figure out how yeah. to do that? I figured out how to do that because I worked on a graphics app. You love making the signs. I fucking love... I've heard in a few podcasts you talk about like getting to make the signs. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, I fucking love it. I love it. I love promoting it. I love the humor that comes out of that. Yeah. I also love saying, you know, zhuzhing a picture so this stands out and, yeah. and this goes into the background and having the typeface and yeah. getting excited about it and just putting it out there and seeing what people think. Yeah. Now, you come to my show, you don't come to my show. Right. I know I did what I can do mm -hmm. and I had a fucking good time. Yep. And, that, and I'm proud of that piece and it goes out in the ozone and now it's like, what's the next thing? Yeah. Yeah, I think it, it just comes back to, you know, what do you want? What's the obstacle in your way? What's the solution to that obstacle? Activate the solution. I, I mean, I tend to think in ones and zeros a little bit, so that's just how I see it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, uh, if you want to do, uh, uh, if you want to have success in live theater or TV or film or whatever it is, then your, your, you know, your obstacle often is, well, I don't get auditions because my agent doesn't send me out. Well, then what's the solution to that? You know, activate a new agent. Right. Don't sit there and complain about it. Or it's go network, 
and make these relationships right. that'll get you into these rooms. Right. Seems pretty simple. <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand. I'm offering nothing to anyone in this conversation. <laughs> well, the idea that it seems really simple, if you look at it and you go, that's going to be hard, then you fucking just did, what is the war of art? Um, yeah. Yeah, in the war just, of art. I was just uh, talking about resistance. I was just reading that, actually. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. It's, it's resistance. You're creating your own resistance. Right. And this thing called resistance isn't a thing. Mm. And I think that people go, no, it's a thing. These people are in my way. And right. I say... If you say so. Oh, man, Dave. I mean, you experience this just as much as I do, like teaching improv. Everything is somebody else's fault, like in, in the world, outside of improv, in the world. It's always somebody else's fault. Like, let's take a little ownership for what we do. When, right? when, now, what do you mean when you say that? So um, an example would be, um, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not uh, well, I'm, I just said this one, but it's like I'm not getting auditions. I'm not getting out, right? You know, and the, the impetus is to blame somebody else because that's easier than you sit, sitting and stewing and understanding and investigating and, you know, opening up to yourself a little bit and saying like, okay, let me own the responsibility of that. It's on you. It's on you. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 And it also could be this. The universe is telling you something. Mm -hmm. The universe is telling you something. Because, and this is what the universe is telling you. Maybe... And I say this maybe because it's gentle, but it's really clearly what the universe is saying. I say maybe. Maybe you should be doing something else. That's it. And now here's the thing. When you do that something else, chances are you've already started doing that something else. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so, it's, uh, so it's not like, oh my God, I've got to begin. Yeah. It's like, no. The universe is telling you to do something else. You've already started that something else. What does that mean? That means... Yeah, yeah. I'm teaching, but what I really want to do is get on a sitcom. Yeah. So what's that something else? Because right now, the universe is not giving you the auditions for the sitcom. Yeah, then you should put your... I mean, you only have so much energy. It's a finite resource. So you should put your energy into the world around getting onto a sitcom. But it's also, if that's not happening to you, and mm -hmm. you keep hitting that wall, but you're having success in teaching, mm -hmm. or whatever that's going to be, or sure. promoting your graphics, whatever the fuck it's going to be. Because I know for me... I don't have an agent. I don't have agents anymore. I, I think I also learned that on the podcast. Yeah. Um, I think that it becomes a matter of what makes you happy. If you really want this sitcom thing, then bang your head against the brick wall until the wall falls down. You know. Mm -hmm. uh, if you are having success in teaching and that makes you happy, then go do that. Right. But it's also the question yeah. of this. Yes. Is what's making you miserable? Say that again. What is making you miserable? That's right. the, que right, that's right, the question right. too. Yeah. Oh my God, fucking, I got to go, I got to drive over to uh, Abbott Kinney at yeah. five o'clock on a Friday, whatever the fuck it's going to yeah, be. don't do it. And, and I just, then don't do it. Don't do then it. Don't do it. Here's something. Accept the fact that you don't have to do that. Yeah. It's great. It's so liberating. <laughs> you know, I, and I wrote this yesterday. You don't have to do anything. You get to do things. Right. So... Find the things that you get to do that make you very happy. And look at the things that you think you have to do. Yeah. And then realize that's what you get to do. Right. I paid my uh, my American Express bill yesterday. Right. And it was like, ah, I paid the bill. Yeah. It wasn't like, oh, man, I got to pay my bill. It's I get to pay my bill. I get to pay means? my bill. That means I get I, to have these things that I bought with that money. Right. You know, I get to live in this, this you know, this lifestyle. Right. I d I'm not missing medicines. I don't walk to a hole in the ground to pee. You know, I... You know, I've run in water. Right? I mean, take a step back, people. 
No, like, I agree. <laughs> this got so political. But I didn't mean for it to. No, but that's pretty much the style. But it uh, where it does, it does come to a point where you go, can you appreciate what it is that you have? Yeah. And you also can you appreciate can you appreciate what it is that you have? And can you be grateful for what it is that you have? And also know that the reason that you have these things is you are motivated, right. compelled to do those things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nobody forced you. Everything you're doing, you've made a choice to do that thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's it's that, you know, what you're just saying, like being grateful. It's that gratitude that I love watching people have. That's That goes back to it. It's like I enjoy, I put those people together and I, I try to do these things for folks because I enjoy the gratitude of it. Right. You know, for them and for me. Right. Yeah. So the there's that Yiddish phrase, nachis. The word nachis means... You know, a grandmother sitting watching her 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 granddaughter uh, in um, you know play go go ice skating. Yeah, and they can get up, they fall down. It's like their heart explodes from love, and it's that thing where you look at somebody, and you go, "That's fucking great." You know, yeah. looking at you know, I've got uh, uh, my girlfriend came home, and she she took a nap on the couch, and I looked over there, I was like, "Oh my god, it just gives me such joy that she's yeah. over here," and and how wonderful it it just. Such a warm feeling to have. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <coughs> and I think so many people, when did you come here? Moved here at the end of 02. And I was still on tour. So I was like back and forth for like six months. You were on tour with? I was on the Mission Improbable National Tour. Committee. Right. Yeah. Right. And then you came out here. What was your intention when you came out here? Acting. <sighs> Solely acting. acting. That was it. What, acting. And what did that look like? Uh, when, it, when I said <laughs> it looked bleak. like? Bleak. No, what bleak it, what for it years. Mean was, what did that look like when you said acting? When you said, I'm here for acting, what was it that it looked like? What was it? Uh, I think there was a clarity that came with that. But, I, it, but was it Because I knew film? what I wanted to do. Was oh, I film? see. I see what you're asking. Was, you know, was it, I'm here to film. I'm here to TV. I'm it was here film, to... film specifically. Mm-hmm. And then TV was always like, I, I would never say no. I'd be happy to do it. Right. Um, I love, love film. That's one of my... It's one of my passions. I love to watch it. I love the idea of making them. I love the idea of being in them. I love them. So uh, that's what it was. Film or TV was essentially the answer of that. And you've been out here 12 years. I've been here, yeah. Now let's so see, what's today? In a week, a week from tomorrow, I'll be out here 20 years. Wow. And I think I've... Do you love it? I love it here. I do too. Yeah. I've auditioned for one movie. One movie ever. It's so it's so crazy, and I'm not saying I deserve more. I'm going. That's all. I've mm. auditioned for a number, you know, mm-hmm. a bunch of TV shows, but yeah, very seldom do I. You did Roseanne. How was that? What was that experience? It like? was one of the most miserable fucking experiences. Was it? Was it? Entire... Oh, she's the meanest person on the planet. I mean, you've heard the Who Jackie story, right? No, it's a Norm Macdonald story, and um, I, I think it was Moody was the uh, comedian in the room. But there was that season towards the end where she fired all the writers and brought in all the comic friends, all the stand-ups. So they're writing the show, and uh, Norm MacDonald tells a story on his podcast about, uh, they were talking about a storyline with Jackie, and one writer goes, who Jackie? And they're like, well, she's Roseanne's sister. He goes, okay, okay, here you go. Jackie die, turn into a ghost, fly around the room, everybody happy. And like Norm, Norm Macdonald pins that as the moment he was like, "Uh oh, <laughs> the monkeys are running the zoo. Like we're crazy in here. What are we doing?" Um, and that's one of my favorite stories because it just puts in perspective of like that guy was writing. All my writer friends are gonna be fine. They're gonna be fine. 
That's hilarious. So who Jackie. Who Jackie? Who well, Jackie? There you go. That's one problem where you go. Everybody what? happy. That's Laurie Metcalf. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, the show that I was amazing on, actress. Oh, she's great. The yeah, show what, that what, I was which on. Which one did you do? Uh, it was a Halloween episode that she said she wrote, which she didn't, because mm. she had writers on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was supposed to be a week. I know it was around August because it was my dad's 60th birthday, mm-hmm. and I was going to go to Chicago, back to Chicago, and um, we get on the set, and the 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 idea is this that Roseanne's going to have a baby, and there's a Grateful Dead theme, so mm-hmm. there's a bunch of you know acid or whatever mm-hmm. and she has this dream where she has a, a baby and then another baby and another baby and another baby and another baby well that's the plot um come monday right we get in the honey pot and then we stop working oh everybody walks off the set wow and we were sitting in the honey pots in the august radford heat fucking waiting for everybody to come back wow. on. We ended up rehearsing something. It was a Halloween episode. We ended up, you know, those are kind of famous mm-hmm. episodes. Yeah. We ended up rehearsing this thing where there was a guy playing an obstetrician and they set it up so that there was a, a bed, a hospital bed. They had set up in the studio, mm-hmm. hospital bed. She had her legs spread out and underneath the hospital bed, they had a bunch of infants. Uh, not uh, not in, infants? Newborn? Yeah. Right? Infants, yeah. Yeah. And they Premies. brought... Well, not previous, but babies, you know. know. But they, they were like, what What comes out of your vagina when you have a baby? A talking fetus. <laughs> talking fetus. I guess they call them baby fetus. I think it's post-fetal. That's what they call post-fetal. them, right? Yeah. Post-fetal. Post-fetal. So they had underneath it rigged up so that, that they would lift up these babies and the obstetrician would pull it out and go, here's, your ba- here's another, here's another, here's right. another. Well, she was screaming throughout the entire thing. Be careful with that baby. You're going to drop the baby. This is a rehearsal. You're going to drop the baby on its head. And all these parents of these newborn kids are fucking freaking out. And the, and she's yelling at the guy playing the obstetrician. Careful. God damn it. Will you fucking be careful? Wow. You're going to drop that baby. And the guy's in a fucking panic. Well, come next day. He's fired. Um, he's fired. No one shows up. It's God. Eventually we film it. I invite 30 people over to my one-bedroom apartment in Glendale mm-hmm. and, uh, for dinner on Halloween, and uh, I was cut out. Ah, deal cut out. But here's the thing. I've made more money on that than I have on any other show I've ever been oh, on. Oh, they still pay you for it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, back yeah. then, I mean, the residuals were great for it. She's. Can you imagine what Spin She's City money rich. is making and what MASH money is making? That's still on. Oh, yeah. And what Roseanne Seinfeld. money is making and Seinfeld money is making. Seinfeld's rich, rich, rich. They are 76000 and above. <laughs> they are 76000 and above. Right. 76000 uh, They've got different kinds of happiness. Yes, Yes, and again, yes. this is just a theory. I, I would like to try to like live above that and see how happy I can actually. Well, make myself. what you what you did when you told when you said the seventy six thousand was you popped something in my head that I have yet to manifest, mm-hmm. and that is the idea of I'm I'm going to make a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. Oh, we were I'm talking about yeah a, that number. The number a hundred thousand. Yeah, I'm going to make I'm going to make a hundred thousand dollars. Do it and to go. I'm going to make a hundred thousand dollars. Last yeah. year, twenty fourteen, mm-hmm. the manifestation was much stupider. And that was, I am going to become an American Airlines Platinum member, member, and I did that. And that Congratulations. Was Thank you very much. Is that 100,000 miles? 100,000 miles. Congratulations. No, sorry. 50,000 miles. No. What? no. I think it's 100,000. Maybe it's 100,000. Yeah. Or, or mm-hmm. executive 70, platinum. 70,000. Executive platinum. Maybe it's 76,000. 
76,000. That's the magic number. <laughs> that's it. But that, that's I did that, number. and it was like, that's what I want to do. And then Congratulations. I yeah, no, it's very I important. mean, I, and you travel all over. You teach around. <laughs> we're switching the interview now. Well, that's fine. Uh, you teach around uh, the country. And, and the world. around the world. Around the world. Yeah, right? you, because you've been I in Amsterdam sat, and Germany. Uh, I haven't right? been. No, I haven't been. I've been in Amsterdam. I directed two, two shows at Boom Chicago mm -hmm. back in the early, the, the early 2000s. Yeah. Um, but last year, 2014, I get to say that. Uh, I was in Australia, Hawaii, two islands in Hawaii. I was in. That's awesome. Yeah, I was. Uh, I, I was in London. I was in Dublin. I was, I was in England and Ireland because I also went to other cities in, mm -hmm. those, in those places too. But I've been in New York three or four times last year. That's great. I was in Miami. I'm going to Miami tomorrow. Uh, for is that for the Miami Improv Festival? Mm -hmm. Just to work with a bunch of people down there. Oh, that's um, great. And then I come back, and uh, uh, it's 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 great. Fucking work, yeah. Uh, but here's I mean, the thing. how many people get to do what you do? Right. There's maybe Nobody. four people, maybe. You know, not, Joe not to the level that you do it. I don't. No, think. there's yeah, some people are doing it big time. Mm. Um, and I think that my friend Joe Bill, Joe Bill, yeah, is Joe doing does it. a lot. Joe does a lot. I know Susan Messing does a lot. I think Rachel Mason does a lot. Does Susan own. travel as much? I, I I see her pop up on, you know, like hey, teaching here is going to be so and so. I see that now and then, but I didn't yeah. know if she traveled as much. I think that she does travel a lot. Mm. Uh, um, where. Yeah, yeah, I know that she goes to places that I go to too. I used to when I did the the improv festival circuit a lot. I used I'd see Joe Bill and Mark everywhere. Everywhere. I mean, every town. We and that's were in the thing way. to 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 do those things. I consider them lost leaders now. Uh, the mm. idea of uh, I will go there, not get my rate, mm -hmm. with the idea of I will get work out of that. Mm. But it's that confidence. I'm mm -hmm. going. I'm going to get work out of that. Yeah, they've got a great new space. Have you seen it yet? Which one? Who? The Annoyance. Over no, I haven't. And Chicago is just there. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. peaked in. Really nice. Good for that gang. Now, here's another thing. People have ideas and then they do them. Yeah. Why not? Why not? If everybody did their million dollar idea, we'd all be millionaires. And then or million... we'd all have at least $77,000. Yeah, 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 yeah. What the fuck would I do with $77,000? I mean, really, what would I, I would put it in the bank so that when I get people... You teach one less class a week so you could do something artistic for your soul. That's what are, you do. are you doing anything artistic for yourself? Yes. I am. What is that thing? I do a show called The Elevator. Yeah. Yeah. With my friend Pete and Bryce Whistle. Pete Capella and Bryce Whistle. And that show is, uh, there's no, there's no like, there's no pressure to it. It's just so beautiful to just get up and play and get to play these characters. It's very character driven and it's a ton of fun. It's fun. That's, that's it. Like when I leave that show, I think this is fun. I also right. do the grind on Thursdays at the West Side, which is another show. What's that? Uh, the grind is the all the owners of the company all play in that. It's like a ten o'clock show. What do you do? Uh, it's it's improv. It's improv. So what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? Where's the elevator? Where's the elevator? Elevator is uh, we were at I O West. Right. And now we're at the West Side. Mm -hmm. We moved over. Uh, just for scheduling mostly. Um, yeah, it's it's great. I still love to. Uh, I don't teach as much improv anymore. But I still love it a lot. I love it too. It's fucking it's phenomenal. I love teaching and improvising. Like today, I have a class. I have a drop-in class at four, and I go, "What am I going to teach?" I, you know, I was listening to that. I was listening to you and Eric talk about this, and the reason why I think you're both so phenomenal as teachers because it's there's always uh, it's there's a newness to it. 
to both of you each time. Like when you said um, that you would find something or hear something and be like, oh yeah, I'm going to borrow that and like kind of make it your own and put the zhuzh on it, you know, and then go and, and do it. And I find that fascinating. I feel like uh, what I've ran into and maybe some other teachers, when you get that burnout, is like I felt like I was being repetitive. Uh, but you aren't know, you also saying, doing... saying the same thing again and again and again? But in that, in that you are you are following a curriculum, aren't you? I was at iOS, yeah. right? So, so you're following that curriculum. So mm -hmm. you are teaching the same thing over and over and over and over. Again. I was, yeah. And so when there's a drop-in class, uh, people are coming. I hope. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they do. People are coming, and they will. Um, uh, they're coming just to go, what has Dave got? And yeah. so I get to go, what is it that I get, get to do today? And I'm sure I'll be inspired by this conversation for something within this conversation that yeah. will strike me and make me go, oh, I'm going to do that. Yeah. Because being a teacher, I mean, for me, what I've discovered is, it's interesting that you said it. Being a teacher is so much about being an artist. Yeah. And so what you're doing when you're teaching for somebody else mm -hmm. is, yes, you're an artist, but it's, but what would be the equivalent of the art that you're doing? Because it's not hotel room art or motel well, room. Well, the art is the communication, how you're getting them, how you're, how you're communicating these ideas, these artistic notions for yourself to other people. What I'm saying, though, is when you're teaching for somebody else, mm. you are, you are, there's a governor of what you can oh, I see what do. You're yeah. So you, you, you are still an artist within that, mm -hmm. within that parameter. Right. But when you're teaching your own classes, mm -hmm. you... And, and this is the risk that you that happens when you codify it and you make the Dave Rosowski school, if there was such a thing, right. is I would then take everything that I'm doing, codify it, mm -hmm. and then I'd have to live within those parameters. Yeah, and, and you have to a bit. I mean, I, I really loved uh, teaching at I.O., and I think it's a great institution, and Sharna's done a ton of great things for people. Um, but for me teaching at, sorry, for me teaching at my own space, like, I don't have those parameters. I, I have more, I have a guide that we should go through, mm -hmm. but I also have the ability to kind of go off the beaten path if I so choose to. If right. I'm inspired one day to say like, you know what, today we're going to do, we're going to set these two chairs here and we're going to investigate like what's difficult for you and we're going to push through that. You know? Ah, that's so, it's such a fun thing to do. Yeah. And when you have a group of people that just go, what do you got, Aaron? Yeah, and they soak us? it up. It's great. Yeah. And that's great teaching. I didn't, I didn't, I felt like I was just in that repetitive spot for so long. And then when we talked about like what what was negative for you and, mm -hmm. and finite time and what I wanted to do. Right. I had to shift all that over to like, I want this acting career. So let me right. let me make this shift. And it's all been fairly recent. So uh, so your we'll epiphany of because of, it's great. I love the idea of an epiphany. You're, you had an mm -hmm. epiphany of saying, you know what? I want to do this acting thing. Yeah. That was it. And here's another thing. That when you say, I want to do this acting thing, you're not giving anything up because no. you still are a teacher. Yep. I can and I pop think... in when, and I do, a, you know, I'll do a, like a one-off or something. Right. Or coach a team or, you know. Right. Something. I think a lot of people say, well, I'm going to do this so I gave up that. And I think that yeah, you don't no give. But you don't give anything up. No. You still have that, that which you did. So for you to go, and I know you didn't say this, but this is what mm -hmm. inspired me to say you didn't give up teaching. You're just doing this other thing now. I don't think I would give... I feel like I, I'm a hoarder like that. I wouldn't give up any occupation. I would just keep adding occupations. Uh -huh. I mean, I'm going to be 85 and still working as hard as I physically can. Right. That's just my personality. You right. Know? It's not what everybody will do or should do. But uh, for me, it's it's like, okay, let me... you know. Let me learn about real estate. You know, I'm just reading textbooks about real estate right it's now. It's that curiosity. Yeah. Why not? 
I mean, I don't have to do one thing or be one thing. I'm not defined by one thing. And I think a lot of people say, if I'm going to be an actor, mm -hmm. I can't be a teacher. Or if I'm going to be an actor, yeah. I can't make collages. Or if I'm going to be an actor, I've got to focus on all that other stuff. Yeah. Because really, at the end of the day, whatever it is that you do, hoarding, all the stuff that you're hoarding, you're right. holding onto it, and, and then you, you become, <laughs> if you're a hoarder, you become defined as a hoarder. But right. when you look at the individual things that you have, right. not, none of those things by themselves defines who it is that you are. Sure, sure. Uh, and I, I take this as I'm sure it was meant uh, but when my grandmother passed away, um, they were doing the service, and the guy who was giving the service was talking about my sister Sarah and Rachel, and said, "You know, Rachel, your grandma's so proud of you know yada yada yada." And Sarah, your grandmother was so Wait, proud. Wait, biblical names? Yeah, I know. Um, Dad's David, Mom's Karen. I got Rachel, Sarah, and Aaron. Right, not Jewish at all. Right. Can you believe I it? I know, but you got you're so Old Testament. Yeah, right? yeah. So anyway, but, but then he, you know, he said, Rachel, you know. Rachel, Sarah, your grandmother's so proud of, of everything you do, and Aaron, your grandmother still nobody knows what you do, you know. And and I take that as the compliment that I think it was <laughs> intended when she wrote that out. Right. It was just like I, I try to do a little bit of everything, you know. Ask me what I do, I'll tell you one thing. The next day, I'll tell you something else. And here's another thing: you're not on this planet to have your grandmother, who you love, mm -hmm. I'm assuming, understand Very everything so. the fuck that you're gonna do. Yeah, and. I don't try to explain it to people. No, just, I just go about my just. I just go about me. Right, that's what I'm doing. Just that, going about me. I'm just going about me. That's all I'm doing. Yep. Is just going, and that's the way I feel about it too. When, when, and when people want to define what it is, oh, you know, you're the kind of guy. It's like mm, that's part of who I am. I yeah. am part of the kind of guy who. Mm -hmm. But having recently just come back from Chicago, where uh, Laura and I went to Chicago, and we just I didn't go to Second City. Mm -hmm. I was a tourist. Mm, that's fun. Like was, downtown, he just went oh, to like we stayed at the Palmer House, and oh, we stayed great. two nights at the Palmer House. We went to the Art Institute. We went to the Museum of Science and Industry. That's we awesome. went out to some of the fancy restaurants down there. I was a tourist, and I let myself be a tourist. But I was also a Chicagoan. Yeah. But I was also my family lives there. Right. So it's all these things, and I'm not, and I'm gonna let myself fucking open up. So when I travel around the world, mm -hmm. like what's over there? What's over there? What's yeah, over there? I'm curious on that. Right. Yeah. Sure. Sure. And it also, when I improvise, I get to use all those places that I've been to. Yeah. Because there is no firewall. Yeah. Yeah, we got to collect them. Got to collect those experiences. And then, and then recognize that we have those experiences. Sure. Collect them and say, I've done this, I've done that, I've done this, I've done that. And put whatever judgment that you want upon it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I made, I, a decision was made for me, which is always a situation of not of not being in town to audition for commercials mm -hmm. because I was out of town touring. Yeah. And then eventually uh, my agent stopped calling me. I, I'm totally on board with that. I quit commercials for years. Just one day quit. Did you, did, I, I faded away more than burned out. Right. For me, it, it be, uh, I do a lot of my life like this. It's like how much is an hour of Dave Rosowski? You know, how much, what's the price tag on that? What's the price that you're going to pay to go do blank? Well, for me, commercials was a negative return, a massive negative return. It was, I was living in the Valley at the time, so it was driving there, and then, you know, we hope there's a callback, and then it's another hour or two in traffic, and it's like 20 or 30 hours a week of driving around and getting zero money. In fact, losing money in gas and parking, or parking tickets, because I don't read a damn sign, but it's, you know, it's, it was that. And then 
the short story of it is I was in this this commercial for a fast food company, and they just asked us to improvise lines, and Annie O'Connor was in there also, and we were saying different things, and the whole room is dying. I mean, they're laughing. And then, uh, like, all right, great, that's done. Aaron, do you mind sticking around for a second? We want to talk to you. And I was like, oh, this is great. I'm finally going to, I'm finally, after four to four and a half, five years trying to book a commercial, I'm going to book a commercial. Um, So when Annie leaves the room, the guy says to me, you know, we already booked your role. Which immediately, I'm like, what the fuck am I even doing here then? Why are you wasting my time? So they said, we've already booked your role. We think you're great, though. There's a tag at the end where a guy's in a chicken suit playing a ukulele. Would you like to do that? Sure, I guess so. So they have a chicken suit, and I improvise a little song on a ukulele, and I leave just feeling awful about myself, but thinking, well, at least I've booked it. I've got a little something now. And they didn't cast me for that either. And at the end of it, I said, that's a sign right there. Fuck it. Fuck it. Fuck it. I talk about, like, it's not them, it's you. I realized it's me. It's not them, it's me. And I have a negative attitude about it. I put in a negative energy on it, put a negative spin on it, and I don't need to do that. And it's costing me all this money. So let me take all that time and create something different that's going to have a positive effect. So that's it. And I quit for years. And then only until I just got married last year, I went back and done pretty well with it, you know, booking commercials. So because your attitude's different, of course, because you're going in there with a different attitude. You're also not sitting in traffic for two hours, you know. Oh, because you moved away from I moved, the valley. I moved right next door to the uh, the audition house now. Uh, the one uh, the 200 house. South. I call it the audition house. house. Right, right. Yeah. Where you get to see people that you haven't yeah. seen in a long yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Just hang out with those people. They're, I mean, they're always there. There's always, like, you you know somebody every time you go into 200 South. Absolutely. Absolutely. And here's another thing. I've been out here, as I said, I've been out here 20 years. Mm-hmm. And I will see people that I haven't seen in fucking forever yeah and i will go what is happening and then i get to talk to them on podcast if they're interesting yeah what have you seen change over 20 years um i've seen the dilution is that a word yeah. uh dilute diluting of uh our financial base the post-lution the post-lution yeah. <laughs> right i've seen <laughs> of uh, our financial yeah, yeah I, I think that's that. the biggest thing i've noticed yeah i've seen our and it shows the uh, the realization that came to me was if the union doesn't stand up for us, it's not a short-term problem. It's a long-term problem mm-hmm. because what happens is we gave away the farm back in 1982, 83, 84 mm-hmm. when we said, you know what? We're going to let the producers tell us and figure out what our rate's going to be after that instead mm-hmm. of saying, you know what? Let's fucking stand up for ourselves right now because oh, further down the, low, the, the line, somebody's yeah. going to have to count on us. So yeah. I've seen that. Um, I've also seen... Uh, the ability for, and this is a major thing, we're just talking about it, the ability for me to go, I am not going to do postcards anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be online. I'm going to make short movies to to promote myself. I'm mm-hmm. going to put this artistic thing together, and I'm going to promote myself because I can do all this by myself. Yeah. And that I fucking love. Granted, I have a degree in photojournalism and I was a graphic artist for a number of years. But self-promotion, mm-hmm. including... Doing what Lloyd does, mm-hmm. or did or does, he still do it? Which? The, the, being the king of, of uh, The YouTube. rap battles? Yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. like the king yeah, of still YouTube. Doing it. Yeah. Like, him, like, what, that didn't exist 20 years ago. No, not at all. What the fuck is that? I mean, those guys are the most downloaded series in the history of the internet. Right. That's amazing to me. Right. And billions. Good for them. Good for them. 
Right. Billions so, of views. Billions of views. Not just a billion, multiple billions right. of people. And so that changed. And why did yeah. that change? Now, now you also go, and I've mentioned this before, where I don't want to be the guy, hey, you kids, stay off my lawn, or what's that noise right. that you're making, you call that music, or I can't figure this shit out. Mm -hmm. I'm going to fucking figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. It's not them, it's me. I'm going to figure it out. That's not them, it's me. So in that time, what changed? That's really cool, uh, Aaron. Because what's changed is me. Mm -hmm. I've changed. Yeah. That's what's changed. I've changed. What have I done? I've shed, I've surrendered the need to be a television star, mm -hmm. which I never thought I had anyway, or a movie star. And what I've done is in that 20 years, I've discovered me. Mm. And I've took the job of me, and we go back to this, mm -hmm. I took the job of who it is that I am, the corporation of Dave Rosansky, mm -hmm. uh, aka David Rosansky, DBA. <laughs> um, so I took all those Incorporated things. in Delaware. <laughs> exactly. LLC. Tax, tax break Delaware. Exactly. And I took all, I've taken all those things and I've gone, oh, I am on this planet to yeah. be me. Yeah. You know, I, and you travel a lot, so you probably get that perspective. I always have that perspective when I leave LA for a while and come back. Which is, I lose, and I'm sure we all do this, I lose sight of what's important. You, Dave Rosowski, is you. Knowing you, that's what's important. Right. At the end of the day, you know, we all go. And hopefully, we filled our cup of life with enough awesome experiences that we feel like we did something. And it's not, I don't think we're measured on how many commercials I've booked. At least, I should say, I don't measure myself on how many commercials I've booked or TV shows I did. No. No. But it's what I love doing while I'm here. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, it's I'm not here to, I'm not here to be so, a struggler. Yeah. yeah. This is what I've realized. That I, I remember like fucking fighting over these little, like beating the shit out of myself because mm -hmm. I didn't get a five or under part on some dumbass sitcom. Right. And then I get, I auditioned for this play called The Master Margarita that ran for six months four shows a week mm -hmm. and it was sold out every fucking night mm -hmm. and I go, all right, I'm an actor. I'm mm -hmm. an artist. I'm mm -hmm. not a struggler. Mm -hmm. So they can go fuck themselves. Yeah. Now here's the thing. When I say they can go fuck themselves, what I really mean is I don't have to give them any energy. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Right. Let's make that it. Okay. Good. All right. That was awesome. I see done, sir. What you did? What we do? 46, 45 Great. minutes. Great. Thank you for listening to ADD Comedy. For Dave Rosowski, I'm Ian Foley. For more information on Dave, you can go to his website at www.davidrosowski.com or follow Dave on Twitter at drosowski.